Then you will truly be successful. Turn the page. And we know all things work together for the good. Turn the work together. The good. Turn the work together. Oh. And we know all things work together for the good. Turn the work together. The good to those who love God. Keep God's word on your lips. To those who are called. Meditate on your According to be his purpose, to do purpose. it's his purpose, Ooh. not mine. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. Gotta work together. And we know all things work together for the good. Work together. The good. To those who love God. To those who are called on oh, According to his purpose Purpose It's his purpose Not mine It is day 14 of our 90 day challenge Hey everybody, I hope you're excited Today's topic is who is assigned to you 1 Samuel, the first chapter and the first verse there was a certain man from Ramathaim, a Zufite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his hometown to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Penina and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than 10 sons? Once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly, and she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my anguish and grief. Eli answered, go in peace. And may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning, they arose and worshiped before the Lord and then went back to their home at Ramah. 
Elkanah made love to his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. Verse 21, when her husband Elkanah went up with all his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill his vow, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, after the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord, and he will live there always. 1 Samuel 3 and 1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. And that ends our reading for today. Again, our topic for your consideration is who is assigned to you? Yesterday, we spoke about the word assignment from the perspective of Naomi, Ruth, and Orpah. No question, Naomi was the mentor. Ruth was the mentee. Naomi gave, Ruth received. But today I want to ask a different question. I'm still examining the word assignment because we know that assignments are temporary rest stops with timelines and deadlines. But instead of being on the receiving end of things, I want to know who are you giving to? I know you are assigned to someone right now, but who is assigned to you? There is a difference. When I ask who is assigned to you, I'm asking who is being mentored by you? Who has submitted to your guidance the way Ruth submitted to Naomi's? Who are you pouring into? Whether you know it or not, someone is your mentee, even as you are being developed. And that someone, you need to leave your house knowing that they're watching your life. They're studying your behavior. They are memorizing your responses. They are monitoring your social media page. They're writing down your words. They're reading your books and they are modeling their life after you. Are you aware of that? Have you ever thought about it that way? Who is that person? Who are those persons? Jesus had 12. Elizabeth had one. You have at least one too. When we begin 1 Samuel, the story of Hannah leapt from the pages, but this time for a different reason. If you know me, you know I love Hannah. I love preaching about her. I love studying her life. But this time I saw a very simple lesson in 1 Samuel 1.22 that I had never seen before. Sure, I had always preached about how Hannah's worship was so consistent. And I do believe that at the very core of who Hannah was, she was a true worshiper. After all, who other than a worshiper would go to Shiloh year after year to worship a God who shut up her womb? Who other than a worshiper would put up with Penina's provocations and not one time give Penina a piece of her mind? I have absolutely no doubt that Hannah was a worshiper. We see that through her commitment to worship through every season of her life. However, as I looked at Hannah's life through the lens of purpose, I realized something else. Hannah had priorities. Hannah was wise and Hannah was clear about her assignment. We know this because once Samuel is born, Hannah had to make a crucial decision. Do I stay with my infant baby and wean him or do I go up to offer my annual sacrifices to God at Shiloh? Do I bring my beautiful baby with me to Shiloh and possibly endanger him in the travel? Or do I pause for a moment to concentrate my investments? Hannah did not go. She loved God and she had her priorities in order. 
The first time she tells her husband no in the text is the same year she gives birth to her newborn baby, Samuel. After the boy is weaned, said Hannah, I will take him and present him before the Lord and he will live there. I love this next verse so much. I highlighted it in every Bible I own. So the woman stayed home and nursed her son. I want you to put this in the comments. Stay home. Please let that sink in. The year Hannah stayed home and did not go to worship was the same year she gave birth. Stay home. How many times have we put our bodies and our assignments in danger all because people expected us to leave the house the same day we gave birth? Stay home. How many times have we tried to establish clear boundaries, but we compromised on what mattered the most all because we allowed their urgency to become our emergency? Stay home. In this season, I am walking in my no anointing. Can you come? No. Are you available? No. Do you have just a few minutes? No. And I'm not putting LOL at the end of my sentence. I meant what I said. I am editing my responses and backspacing words I used to type in text to soften the blow. You know what I'm talking about. I used to say, if you can't find someone else, let me know and I will do it. No, no. I'm just going to say no. Delete the extra cushion. They can find someone else. They will figure it out. They figured it out before I showed up. I'm sure they will figure it out today. You have stumbled up on this purpose lesson because God wants to deliver you. Stop giving do-overs to people who treat you like leftovers. The answer is no. And God bless. I will see you after my baby knows how to hold the bottle on his own. God bless. I love you. I absolutely do. But I love my assignment more. And if I never tell you no, You will never learn how to go to God for yourself. Jesus was the king of no. When he saw that the people in his hometown were relegating him to their first impression of him, he said, no, I need to move on. When Jesus told his disciples, greater works will you do and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And Peter did not want him to go. He said, no, if I don't leave, the helper cannot come. What is coming after your no. If I never tell you no, you will never learn how to go on your own. You will never be free to raise up another or train someone else. I am not Jesus and this is not life or death. I am pretty sure people would have canceled her if Hannah were living in 21st century Twitter world because in many people's minds, Hannah is contradicting herself. Hannah You just promised God that you would give this child back to him. And now you're staying home. What are you doing home when you should be worshiping? And in response to these questions, Hannah said, home is my worship. Don't let people guilt trip you into changing your mind. God blessed you to birth this child. And in the end, you know, this is the activity for this season. So trust me, they'll be back. Trust me, another opportunity to preach at that church will come. Trust me, if the position has your name on it, the door will swing open again. These verses hit me really hard because admittedly, transparently, as a father, I have found myself having to make a difficult decision sometimes between church and child. Do I go to the ballet 
or do I go to Bible study? Do I hop on this plane to get to the parent teacher conference or do I take this other preaching engagement? And this simple practical decision that Hannah made reminded me of a crucial purpose lesson. Before there was church, there was family. Hannah loved God, but she also knew that only she could wean her assignment, her child. Samuel was her chief assignment. He had been assigned to her and she couldn't hire a babysitter to do what only a mother can do. Even after she gave Samuel to Eli, the Bible says she visited her child yearly because all gifts need to be maintained over time. For those of us in ministry, we have got to be careful not to sacrifice our children on the altar of church. Elkanah told her, do what seems best to you. And I think some of us need to hear just that. If it's not best for you and your family, don't do it. Don't put yourself in a compromising position all because you overcommitted to an organization that would replace you tomorrow if you died. If Elkanah doesn't understand and if Elkanah is trying to force your hand, maybe this is God showing you a bigger issue. Those called to you don't need an explanation and those who are not will breed aggravation. Boundaries are blessings. So Hannah, remember, if it's not best for you and your Samuel, don't do it. On the other hand, because you know I'm balanced in my teaching, don't use your children as an easy out from the commitments you've made. Don't renege on your promise and use the baby God gave you as an excuse. Both are damaging to the health of your assignment and all things be balanced. Proverbs 11 and one says a false balance is an abomination to the Lord. And I believe that many people have found themselves choosing church over children or they have not been free from a works righteousness mentality. So they're serving in church because they think that serving makes them more saved. But it is not by works, lest any man or woman should boast. I am praying that God will free all of us from feeling like we need to apologize for having right priorities. I am also praying that we don't miss pivotal years in our children's lives trying to please people who will never be satisfied. So who is assigned to you? Who are you pouring into? In the natural, Hannah poured into Samuel. In the spiritual, Eli poured into Samuel. Everything Samuel knew is because Eli poured into him. Eli was not the main character in this story. After all, the name of the book isn't Eli. The name of the book is Samuel. Nevertheless, he carried out his assignment. Please don't let ambition get in the way of your assignment. The world does not revolve around you. The world revolves around God. So today, you may not get the attention you want, but that doesn't mean you are any less significant. First Samuel 3 and 1 opens with these words. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. The key word is under. Samuel was submitted to Eli. He positioned his life under Eli's wisdom and counsel. And in the same way, I want you to know that someone is submitting their lives under your leadership and guidance. They may be older than you, but they're still under you. They may be a biological child or a relative, but they are under you. John the Baptist was under Jesus. The longer we see ourselves as the student only and never as the teacher, we miss an important opportunity to pour into those whom God has assigned to our lives right now. Finally, when someone's under you, 
They honor the God in you. You don't have to be everybody's homie. You don't have to give everyone access into your private affairs. Sometimes, and I know this isn't popular, we become too familiar with our Samuels and Samuel gets confused. Don't blur the lines of honor all because you are trying to be relatable and relevant. When someone is assigned to you, create some distance between you and them so they never forget the reason you are in their lives in the first place. Mentees don't need a full access ticket into the private details of your personal life. What I have learned over time is the more access you give me, the harder it is for me to unsee what you showed me, unhear what you said, and unlearn what you did. Be honest with everyone, but transparent with the few. This moment right now will make or break Samuel, and God trusted him to you for such a time as this. Don't fumble your assignment all because you are lonely and need a friend. God trusts you. Live like you understand the weight of this assignment. Wow. I know that was a lot. Your assignment assessment is to list three people that you are supposed to be pouring into right now. Record a prayer for them and send it to them before the end of the day. Also, ask and answer this question. Has ambition gotten in the way of what God wants me to do today? Let's pray. God, I will never have this moment again. So help me to seize the day. I willingly submit my life to you. Guide me, Jehovah, and show me who I am to pour into. Thank you for teaching me how to walk worthy of this weighty assignment. I trust you and I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll sing like there's nobody listening but you. I'll dance like there's nobody watching but you. Yes, Lord. I'll worship with my last breath. Give my all till there's nothing left. My focus is you. Jesus, you are my center. My hope, my treasure is found in you. I'll sing your praises forever My love, my life, I give to you I'll sing like there's nobody listening but you I'll sing like there's nobody listening but you I'll dance like there's nobody watching but you I'll dance like there's nobody watching but you Yes, Lord. Give my all till there's nothing left. My focus is mm -hmm. yes. Jesus. You are, you are my, center, my hope. My hope, my yes, Lord. I'll sing your praises forevermore.
right here where I'm welcome. You can build your home on my worship. I'll stay, I'll stay right here. You can build your home on my worship. I'll stay right here where I'm welcome. You can build your home on my worship. I'll stay, I'll stay right here. I'm not going nowhere. You can build. I'll stay. I'll stay. You can build. I'll never leave you. Lord, you've got my undivided attention. Yeah. Baby. Good. Oh. All right.